You're listening to the Long Overdue Podcast. On this episode, we have Don, Pat, Chris, and me, Denise. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about the worst books we have ever read. It's the like worst ever. books ever? Ever. Not ever. just 2017, but ever in your life. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about books that you've hated? That... I guess that opened up a lot of possibilities. It does, doesn't it? I, if I can't think of something, then I just am being lazy. <laughs> so. Yeah, but you know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about books I don't like. Ooh, See? Yeah. I was talking to Pat earlier about this. When I was going over my list of you know books that I, that I hated, there was one that I was like, I know I read one recently that I hated. Like, I hated it. I finished reading it, and I hated it. And what was it? What was it? And that was... Pretty sure I was blocking this out. <laughs> but then I finally remembered what it was. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay. So then I started typing up my notes about it. And the more I typed, the angrier I got about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this book. Mm, I hated it so much. <laughs> That's why you don't think about it. That's why, yeah. right. Why I was just blocking it out. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to think about this book ever again because it angered me so. Hmm. So, does anybody have, like, a type of book that, for some reason, you keep coming back to, but you keep not liking it? Yes. What is yours, Dawn? Eat, Pray, Love. I really wanted to like that book. Uh huh. Okay, okay. And I got through the first half, and then it's like, I cannot read this anymore. Hmm. I just put it down. And I went back to that a couple times, it's like, no. So, what was it about it. it, do you think? I don't know. It just never went anywhere. And it Ah, just kind of, and it was boring. And then she started talking about these recipes and it it just kind of like, it completely turned in Hmm. a different direction. And it wasn't going a good direction anyway. It was going in an okay direction. Okay. One that Up I could until that point. Yeah. And All at right. that point, it's like, you've lost me. Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Give me a recipe, but get me back on the story. And she never seemed to get me back on the story. And hmm. I couldn't. So how many times have you tried again to read this? Tried. Um, well, it was quite a few years ago that I started to read it. Uh-huh. And then I picked it up probably once, maybe twice more. Okay. And I couldn't and get still into just it. didn't do it. Oh. Yeah. I think mine is Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. I've tried to read Moby Dick several times, uh-huh. and by page five, I'm asleep. Like, actually <laughs> asleep. <laughs> like, I'm on page five, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that happened to me with Moby Dick. I was in graduate school taking 20th century American literature. Is that right? Yeah, 20th century American literature. And Moby Dick was one of our assigned books. I had never read it before. I Wait, I did read the... the Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest. (laughs) Yeah. But I'd never read the actual book before. And this semester was the semester I was pregnant with my first child. So I was sleepy anyway. And exactly that happened to me. I would get like three pages read and be sound asleep. Sound asleep. Had to read it. Had to make myself wake (laughs) up and, and read some more. But I couldn't get more than three or four pages. And then I would fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Yes. Moby Dick. Yep. <laughs> a snoozer. <laughs> totally. Oh. I'm just like, I, I 
understand why this was a failure when it was published. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I see why nobody liked this when you first published it. But then later on, I'm like, who? Who read 100 pages of Whale Blubber and was like, brilliant. This is brilliant. Everybody needs to read this. Because, yeah, that's really... Like half the book is just all about the, the, the how to be how to do whaling, yeah, and what it's oh, like yeah. to be a whaler on a ship and hunting whales and all the different kinds of whales and yeah, and it has like nothing to do with the story. It's just yeah. Let it, me just talk about this. I yeah. did finish it, but I couldn't tell you anything about it because I didn't like it. You just blocked it Don't out. Don't ever <laughs> try to read it again. It is not worth it to me. I think I read about halfway through it, yeah. and and I didn't finish it for whatever reason. Hmm. But you know, now looking back on it, I don't think that I feel like I need to finish it because <laughs> it, when I look you know back, enough. the things that I remember the most about it is all this parts where he talked about whaling, mm-hmm. and I don't need to know more about that. <laughs> you know plenty now. I mean, if I wanted to know about whaling, I would go and get a nonfiction book about whaling. Right. About whaling, yeah. yes, not. Mm-hmm. Moby Dick. Yeah. The only thing about Moby Dick that I liked was the children's abridged illustrated classic. Okay. Yes. Because the illustrations were amazing. Hmm. Like they were hilarious. Okay. And I wanted to cut them out and frame them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look at that. Look at that picture. That's hilarious. And those should be framed nicely in my bathroom. <laughs> well, see, I actually read that one with my child and I enjoyed that. Hmm. I the, didn't. Moby, the, the real the children. Um, the, I, the is it children? The, the children yeah. illustrated classic. Yeah. yeah. Right. So and that was decent. <laughs> Just but, watch the movie. Right. I mean, you know what Gregory the story Peck. is. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> There's a lot less discussions about whaling in the movie. <laughs> you just see it in action. <laughs> right. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Anybody else have one that just didn't work for you i think i've tried to read pride and prejudice several times Mm. and i think i've gotten about 10 pages in and i'm just like sorry can't do it yeah it's just not i haven't tried that one yet i love pride and prejudice yeah i know know, i'm a huge jane austen fan but i can definitely see why you would be like i care Mm. about these single ladies trying to get a husband because I can see that coming from <laughs> just like and I'm you know and I feel I, I feel bad because I feel like it's one of those <laughs> books that that you're supposed to appreciate because it's a classic and stuff but well. so I went through an entire master's degree in English literature without ever reading a Jane Austen book wow because I just <laughs> didn't want to you know all these other people were talking about how great it was and since I was in elementary school if everybody is reading it and loving it I don't want to read that one mm-hmm. yeah like the horse books, and mm-hmm. never wanted to read those because everybody was reading them. So probably 20 years ago, yes, that was I was much older by 20 years ago. I finally decided to read Pride and Prejudice, and I really liked it, but I don't know that I would have liked it earlier. Mm-hmm. I, wherever I was at that point in my life, I liked it just fine, but mm-hmm. I've never felt the need to go read other Jane Austen. I have a good friend who loves everything Jane Austen, and it, I just never felt the need to go read anything else. That was enough. That was mm-hmm. my, okay, I've read Jane Austen. I'm good now. Hmm. <laughs> well, the thing about Jane Austen is that, I've, that I've read or heard somewhere is that um, 
as, even though they're considered classics and we read them in literature classes and stuff, she wasn't writing them to like make a, a huge statement. She was writing a story for entertainment, mm-hmm. just like people write novels. Yeah, yeah. Today, so I mean, yeah, there's I'm, you know there's a lot of themes and stuff in there that are literary, but that wasn't the idea of writing it. It was just she was doing she, it to make yeah. some, make some money mm-hmm. <laughs> and tell a good story. So mm-hmm. I fi- I guess that makes me feel a little less bad. <laughs> <laughs> Because she didn't sit down to write something important. Because no, no, because uh, it just is not my kind of story. So it's okay that I don't. Right. That I don't get into. It. So I visited Winchester Cathedral a couple of years ago, and the whole place is crazy Jane Austen because this is where she's buried. Mm-hmm. And walking through this whole cathedral, I did not expect this at all because I didn't even know. That was that was the case, but everywhere around that cathedral, it's like Jane Austen did this here. Jane Austen did that over there. Jane Austen and her sister did something else over over on this wow. side. And then you know you've got the path to her actual burial place, and there she is. And it's ju- it was just very odd. I learned a lot about Jane Austen that I never <laughs> knew, but never wanted to know. So hmm. anyway, yeah. Winchester Cathedral, if you're interested. Mm. I think for me, the thing I I didn't manage to read when I was like in high school was Gone with the Wind. I thought I should, just because it was like this major epic Mm -hmm. piece of fiction. And I remember getting about 50 pages in and just thinking, "Eh, there's not a lot here that's going to make me go further. But later on, probably 15 years later... I went back and I read it, and I enjoyed it at that point. But again, mm-hmm. you know, the first time through, 50 pages is all I could do. Couldn't go any further with it. Well, one of the books um, that I started to read and had a hard time with, I think it was this one, is A Prayer for Owen Meany. Mm. That was one of Oprah's book club mm-hmm. ones. And I had a hard time at the beginning of it. And I struggled with it, and... Didn't want to keep going. <laughs> I thought, okay, Oprah likes this for a reason, right? <laughs> so I picked it back up, and I I did end up enjoying the book. But it was hard to begin mm-hmm. with, to get into. And usually if I don't get into a book, the first few pages, right. I don't even bother with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to say that I didn't like a book, I did it, you know, I read enough of it to... Right, to make an opinion and just yeah. be like, I don't... I don't care enough to continue on. Yeah. Which I think says a lot about a book. Like, if, within mm-hmm. the first 50 pages, if you're not mm-hmm. invested in, in the story and the characters, right. it's yeah. a bad book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if I've gotten 50 pages. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Right. Yeah. But one thing, I, um, I just did a quick little research because I realized I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And... Then I thought, well, what's the benefit of the audiobooks? Because I know that they're they're not bad. I mean, it's it's good mm-hmm. that you're still listening. So I read this, you know, quick little article, and it it says that after a certain point, you know, when you read a book, you're decoding. Mm-hmm. Well, decoding after like fifth grade is automatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So listening to the story it's more the comprehension and mm-hmm. the you know getting into the story and right and mm-hmm. following along and all that so i've read a lot of books mm-hmm. lately 
<laughs> by listening to them. And there are several that I didn't like, and I think a lot of it had to do with who was reading the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what's hard. Because I don't know if I went to pick it up, if I would actually like the book. Right. See, that's so. how I pick audiobooks. Like, would I actually read this book? If it's no, then I'm going to pick up the audio. Like, the story sounds interesting, but it's not something I would normally sit down to read. Yeah. I'm going to pick the audio so I get into it a lot easier that way. So that's how I listen to biographies or memoirs, because I normally don't sit down and read those. Like, Uh after a while, even if I love the person that the book is about, Mm -hmm. at some point I'm like, no, don't care. I don't care. (laughs) But if I'm listening to it, I can make it through and just be like, oh, that was interesting or that was good. Yeah. So the audios that I listen to are usually books that I would not normally sit down to read. Interesting. That is Hmm. very interesting. I have had a few occasions, Dawn, where I was interested in reading a book, found the audio, listened to just the first part and didn't like the narrator for Mm -hmm. whatever reason and just didn't. Um, and in some cases, I went and found the book and read the print book. In other cases, I didn't. Yeah. Um, just depending on what it was. Mm-hmm. There were there was a epic fantasy series. I can't remember if it was one of the Terry Goodkind, maybe, or... No. Not Terry Brooks. No, well, I know it wasn't Terry Brooks. I don't remember. Anyway, it was one of those epic fantasy people who writes, you know, strings mm-hmm. of, of books in a series. And I thought, okay, I'm never going to be able to catch up just reading. So I'll get the audios and I'll try to catch up to now. And I started listening and the, the narrator just had this funky intonation. It, it, all of his sentences sort of drifted off like that. And, you, and you'd be listening along and then you couldn't hear him anymore. And it was just very odd that just the whole way his manner of speaking... And I just couldn't do it. So, and I never went back and read those books just because there were Mm -hmm. so many at that point I couldn't catch up. And the other one um, that really turned me off, there there was um, the Artemis Fowl series by Owen Colfer, a Mm -hmm. a YA series that I love. The first three or four books are read by an Irish person. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it's an English person who is who is reading the books. So the narration is no longer in this lovely lilting Irish mm-hmm. brogue. Mm. It's just standard British English. And it wasn't nearly as interesting. And his voices for Artemis and the other characters weren't the same. Mm-hmm. So I, I never listened to another one. I listened to the first four, loved them. But after that, couldn't do it. And then there was Game of Thrones. When I tried to listen to the first Game of Thrones, it was about the time or just before the the TV series started. And it seemed like something I would be interested in, but Mm -hmm. I started listening. And, of course, there's all these names of characters that make no sense to you if you have no context. There's all this stuff that's going on, and it was just too complicated, and I couldn't keep everybody straight mm-hmm. and keep up with where everything was happening so I just quit it and was almost hard enough to do that when you, you started watching right, the, the program it was and that was so pared down 
mm-hmm. based on what was in the books. So I've now gone back and I've listened to the first one after watching the series for a few years and kind of seeing what's happening with everybody and who kind of these these different groups of people are. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot easier. It was still hard to follow. It's well narrated, mm-hmm. but it was just such a complex story mm-hmm. that it was very difficult to follow. But, oh well. We can talk about Game of Thrones. Is some of the books that I don't. Yeah, that I don't gave up like, on. Great. Yeah, that I gave up on. Yeah. Why is that? Well, well, the, yeah. I mean, the complex. Yes, they're complicated, but not in a good way. I don't. <laughs> I don't think you know. Okay. Like, there's complicated stories that you know that progress mm-hmm. throughout the the book or the series of books, mm-hmm. and and things eventually start to come together and and make sense. And I think that. Those those books, that story is all about injecting more plot lines, and the plot lines just keep expanding, and mm-hmm. and the, it feels like nothing ever really resolves or gets tied up. So it's more like it's more like life. It's more like yeah, it's more like <laughs> life than right. reading reading a story, and that's not why we read right we read stories. Yeah, exactly. We read stories because realism they, or escapism. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Even even stories that are realistic still tell a complete story mm-hmm. with a, yeah they end with resolutions in some yeah. in some way even if you know that more stuff is happening after that you at least things get resolved and so I of course I haven't read the whole series because of that but you know I've read I've read some of them and and I just I don't know I just realized that that he's not he's not resolving anything it's like mm-hmm. just when I think that we're gonna touch some you know on one of these other plots that started before it's just like that plot's completely we're never going to see that plot again that was just (laughs) that was just a vehicle to get things going and now we've got all these other things and because i I remember reading the the first one and thinking um it was when uh gosh dang it the stark the 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 stark father oh ned ned yeah when he was going around and look and looking for um looking for all the the king's illegitimate progeny um i was like okay this is interesting you know there's this kind of like he's trying to find these these children so he can like and undermine this and and get you know put a, a, a legit ruler on the air on the throne and you know and then I mean, nothing and then yeah like i don't i don't know if that comes up again later but i felt like that was a really interesting plot that that got things started but never that they he never comes back to because of certain events, probably I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But <laughs> if anybody no. knows anything about the series, mm-hmm. I mean, you probably know what happens to Ned. Right? <laughs> I don't it's know anything Sean about the series, but I'm pretty sure I know what happens to yeah. Ned. <laughs> so you yeah, can re- you can redact that <laughs> if you need to. How long ago would that have been that it was on TV? Like six years ago, seven years ago now. Yeah. I don't know what's the Something what's like the that. cutoff date for saying it's Spoilers. not a spoiler anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> I don't I don't even think that's you know about the story. Like if you know anything about George R. R. Martin, you know what right. happened to Ned because he kills everybody. <laughs> it's yeah. what happened to everybody exactly. that he liked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And at first that was a that was novel, and now I think that it's just like. <laughs> 
everybody's just like, you know, there's Never actually win. people. I, my, I think my yeah. sister and her husband had like a, a Deadpool that they were. They were <laughs> like, was gonna. Yeah, they were betting on who was gonna die next. You know, like having wagers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't hmm. know. Anyway, yeah, that, that was one of the ones I was really excited about it when I heard about it. And this was before yeah. there was a, a TV series of right. it and everything. Right. And and now at this point, I'm so done. I'm so over that. I'm like, I'm never going, so going back. So I wonder how many people there are out there who have read the books to this point and want to read whatever George R.R. R. Martin writes for the rest of this series because the TV show has outpaced him mm-hmm. now and just gone their own direction. And they really are look trying, it looks like anyway, trying to tie everything up. Because I think there's one more season. Mm-hmm. And then they're done. So they're going to try to tie it up. But I, I really wonder how many people there are out there who are going to read whatever George R. R. Martin writes, if he decides mm-hmm. to write anymore. Right. Because he's disgruntled. So Is he disgruntled? Yeah, because they outpaced him. They didn't wait for him to write the next book. Oh. They just went their own direction. And I guess he didn't have, he hadn't given up any rights to have a say about that. I think that's right. <laughs> I think that's right. Well, I thought he had told them, like where his story was going to go because he was I don't know afraid of like because dying before he was done. Well I don't know if that, I mean maybe he told him the end game but they're not the, there on their own. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe it's a different path. But mm. what I read is that he was not happy that they just decided they're gonna go forge ahead and finish. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to wait five years, whatever, for right. him to write a book, which is which is a reasonable amount of time yeah. for a person to write a book of this complexity. But somebody should have thought of that before they started the series, mm-hmm. when he was this far in but had this many more books to go. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway. Well, and it sounds like, I mean, it was such a hit mm-hmm. that maybe they weren't necessarily expecting that i mean you always hope for that but well yeah maybe so and maybe they just didn't think it was a big issue to begin Mm -hmm. with i don't know they would have time to film edit special effects and then Mm -hmm. air and then have you know time to film so giving him more time to write Uh but he doesn't seem to to want to do that well, yeah. he certainly doesn't want to write on their schedule. No. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, just another example of books into f- uh, f- film or television or whatever. Isn't The Walking Dead is still, an all- ser- the series is going on, right? The comic book series. The comics, are I they think, still writing those? I don't think they're still writing those. I not? think they're still being released as trades and hardcovers oh, okay. and stuff like that. But I think the series itself the is series. over. Okay, well, the TV series is still going on. Okay. And it's own. Well, never mind. I thought that they were still writing the books. I don't think and so. Along, and so, like, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But I think mm-hmm. they're just doing, like, different trades and hardcovers and things like that of what's already out there. I think we mm-hmm. talked about this during another I episode. Think, I think <laughs> we did. Maybe. <laughs> Never mind. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, I, th- I just thought that Martin had written the books and was just being being stingy. Mm-mm. Well, and yeah. he might. He might have been like, well, I've got a couple of drafts here, but I'm going to go and do things and go have fun and not well, and, revisit. And then he decided to release that. Was it the prequel 
short or something novella or something. I mean, it relatively mm-hmm. short for him that that didn't continue the story, didn't move the story forward. But oh yeah, let's release that because that's going to help. But it sold tons of copies, yeah. so that's what he's. I mean, it after. helped him. Sure, it helped him. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's another series that never got on TV, and there's for good reason. Um, Kate Elliott's Crown of Stars, and this was, I think, in the '90s is when the first one came out, and it it was supposed to be a trilogy. That's what she said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. First book was great. It was fantasy again um second book was really good third book came along and just went crazy it did that same thing you were talking about chris where it just added all these new plot lines that hadn't been as part of the the first two um volumes and then it didn't wrap up because she introduced all this new stuff Mm -hmm. and it ended up being six books and she just went crazy places over those next three. Did wrap it up, but it was like she just lost the thread of what she was doing in volume three. And then kind of stayed lost for a couple more and then wrapped it up in number six. And she's done other things since then, but I haven't wanted to commit. Because mm-hmm. mm. I, I loved those first two books. And then that third one just went blah. Like she yeah. had no idea where she was headed. And went all over the place, introducing new characters and new settings, all all kinds of weird stuff. Mysticism that hadn't really been part mm-hmm. of the story. It was just all odd. Hmm. So I haven't wanted to, to try to read the two big series that she's had since then, because you never know where mm-hmm. they're going to go. So what else do we have? Books that we did not like. <laughs> well, I was just talking about... Uh, Farewell Summer by Ree Bradbury, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be, I guess, kind of a sequel to Dandelion Wine. Okay. And of course, it was written like 50 years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at that. It was like 1957 when Dandelion Wine yeah. uh, was published, and Farewell Summer was published in 2006. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we wanted to revisit this because... Yeah, so it totally didn't live up to expectations. Um, I was really disappointed because I like Ray Bradbury and and like I remember you know reading Dandelion Wine and and reading about how he had planned to do like a follow up mm-hmm. story like a sequel of sorts and and yeah it just I don't know and, and I mean it still covered the same kind of subjects like small town you know Illinois mm-hmm. that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, but the writing was just I guess it was just bland and just not really interesting. Mm. <laughs> I would think he would have learned something after 50 years, right? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes... He just wasn't inspired. Sometimes people do their best work early on and then... <laughs> yeah. And then they're done. Yeah. But all mm. the books, all the other books and like that are kind of in that series, like mm-hmm. Something Wicked This Way Comes mm-hmm. and Dandelion Wine and From the Dust Return, they're all about, what, Greenville, Illinois or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Anyway, they're all great, but not that one. That one was not. Hmm. So, you know, imagine my disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so what do you have, Denise? Well, as I mentioned earlier, 
when we were starting the book that I had been blocking, like mm-hmm. that I couldn't remember mm-hmm. what it was called. And then once I finally remembered and I started writing about it and I just got angrier and angrier about mm-hmm. it. It was The Vegetarian by Han Kang. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it was translated by Deborah Smith. And so like maybe some things were lost in the translation here. Mm-hmm. But the book was told in three parts. And each one of them was a different point of view mm-hmm. that was never the main character. So, the first part is told by her husband, who's awful, refers to her as my wife the entire time. Like, I didn't know what her name was for, like, the first 40 pages of this book because he only referred to her as my wife. Hmm. And when her parents called to speak to her, that's when they mentioned her name. And I'm like, oh, that's her name. (laughs) Awesome. And so, she has this vivid dream and it's dark and there's blood everywhere and so she wakes up and she's like i'm not eating meat anymore and she was just there was something you know happened to her mentally that just kind of broke but no one seemed to care about that like the husband was like what do you mean you're not eating meat that's weird you know like you just woke up in the middle of the night and started throwing away food Mm -hmm. is something wrong Let's not ask that question. Let's not ask that question. No. And so she at first just starts out not eating meat and then she goes on to just not eating food. Like just not eating anything. And it's a progression from like just not eating meat to not eating anything that comes from animals and then eventually to just not eating food. And so each part of the book, like the first part is I'm not eating meat and it's told in the husband's point of view and he was awful. Then the second part was told from her brother-in-law's point of view, who was sexually obsessed with her. Mm. And at this point, she's pretty much just eating fruit. Oh, wow. And so she's obviously something is wrong Mm -hmm. with her. But again, no one's like, maybe we should talk to someone about this. The only person that seems to even really care is her sister, Mm -hmm. who's like, okay, it's fine if you want to be a vegetarian, but you really need to like figure out how to get all your nutrients and stuff i'm like yeah (laughs) you know but it's not about like it's not an ethical choice for her like there's just some kind of like mental illness Mm -hmm. going on with her but no one seems to be like oh we should get you help for that Hmm. and so the brother-in-law eventually does sleep with her but she is very mentally ill and the third part is told from her sister's point of view which starts off with finding them together. And so oh, she has the no. sister committed. She has her husband arrested for sleeping with a mentally ill woman. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And uh-huh. so, you know, at first she seems to like, just be like, you know, this isn't my sister's fault. Finally, this was there's his a fault. character. Maybe. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, you seem to, you know, be a good person. No, she's not a good person. <laughs> She basically dumps her sister somewhere, doesn't go visit her. Her sister at this point has just decided that she doesn't need to eat food at all because she's turning into a tree. So she just needs sunlight. Mm. And so she's like, well, great. She's about to die because she's not eating anything. The sister goes basically because she's dying. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the way, she just decides that, you know, maybe this life is just not really for her and she's just going to dump her son with the babysitter and just never return 
Wow. And I'm like, this was awful. I was like, every one of you is awful. <laughs> and you kept reading because you thought maybe somewhere eventually. Somewhere. Someone was going to be like, let's try to save this poor woman. Nope. Wow. Nope, nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Hmm. And it was a very short book. Like, it was mm-hmm. a very small little mm-hmm. book, but. And I'm like, how did we not ever once hear from her point of view? Yeah. So was, I don't know if this really matters, just curious. Was the book written by a man or a woman? And you said it was an... It was a woman. Okay. In another culture. Mm -hmm. What? Korean, I believe. Korean. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there was, you know, the my wife part, you know, from the husband. That was more of a cultural thing. Uh But still, I'm like, you're all awful. Mm -hmm. Her parents didn't understand, like anything about what was going on with her they just didn't want her husband to be upset because they didn't want her want him to leave her oh wow and it's just like well all right then hmm okay Mm -hmm. well that was just depressing Mm -hmm. even listening to your retelling yeah Yeah. and then i'm just like hoping that somewhere along at the end or something someone's going to be you know there to try to help her no no nobody tried to help her no one tried to understand her and it was just and the one person that i was like this person seems to like to somewhat care about her Mm no no at the end she didn't care about anybody not even her own child wow so it's just like great awesome (laughs) like this was awful and every time i think about it i'm just like i get so angry about it so what would be an author's point in writing a story like that? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, I think that she was trying to say the the becoming the, a vegetarian or at mm-hmm. some point slowly stop eating um, comes down to the same reason that people become anorexic. You know, they don't have control over their lives, and this is the one thing that they can control, mm-hmm. what they ingest and what they don't. Like, their body is the only thing that they can control. And so I think that's kind of where she was going mm-hmm. there with that. But it's just like, everybody else is awful. And you never talk mm-hmm. from her point of view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how am I supposed to get there with that? Like, how am I supposed to understand what's going on with her when, A, everybody seems to not care about anything but themselves. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was the point. Yeah. But I'm just like, that's kind of awful. I was like, this woman is suffering, and no one seems to care. Not even the people that are supposed to care about mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. seem to care. Mm-hmm. Wow. Maybe the author didn't have, I don't know why I'm trying to stick up for her, but, <laughs> uh, didn't have th- the experience of what she was writing about, so she couldn't write about that character she, because she couldn't relate to that character. Oh, maybe. So why would she write a book about that person? Yeah, I mean that it to me it kind of comes back to the same thing. Why would she write mm-hmm. that if she didn't if she didn't have experience as that person, or she didn't have an experience of, or or she wasn't trying to say this is what needs to have, to happen with this person with a person who has this illness this is what needs to be done for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm just a Pollyanna because yeah. I want everything to be 
all right in the end. Well, and you know, you know, I'm I'm totally fine reading a book that at the end I'm like, man, that was depressing. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm fine with that. But I was just like, I do not understand the point of this book at all. Yeah, like mm-hmm. if you were trying to tell me something, mm-hmm. either I missed it or it was lost in translation or something. But I found nothing in mm-hmm. that book at all that I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I see where you were where you were going, and your mm-hmm. your statement was this. And yes, that's awful, and it's not going to end happily. But I was just like, this could have ended better. Yeah. Someone in that kind of situation could have gotten help. I was like, but you just let her disintegrate into thinking that she was turning into a tree, and she didn't need food. She just needed sunlight because she's a tree. Mm-hmm. She didn't start out thinking she was a tree. <laughs> she started out thinking that, you know, she had this horrific dream, and she just didn't want to see anything with blood Mm -hmm. and so she was like no meat and then it progressed to turning into a tree (laughs) (laughs) maybe there's something there about trees (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know but at the end i was just like man i hated everybody in this book except for the main character who i never heard from yeah yeah so you don't know what you think about her. No, just huh. that, you know, what happened to her was awful. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is, how did you know she was the main character? Because it was about her. The only thing that connected those three people were her and her not wanting to eat meat, eat food. And then turn into a plant. But is yeah. it, does it, it doesn't, but it doesn't tell you like in the dust jacket or anything that this is a story about this person and this I don't remember what the dust jacket <laughs> I guess <laughs> uh, I blocked out a lot of this up until recently yeah. <laughs> hmm but the book is called The Vegetarian mm-hmm. and so it, she is the tide yes she's, she's and clearly that person yes but and also it's just like the vegetarian okay so she starts out not wanting to eat meat and then at some point it's like this is you know now she's a vegan now she's a tree (laughs) (laughs) so is that your next step (laughs) i'm gonna turn into a tree tree i don't think so i don't think so okay because being a vegan is not a mental illness (laughs) y'all okay i would like to be a tree Mm. I keep this thinking. sounds like the first episode. If you want to be a tree, what kind of tree would you be? <laughs> I was actually just thinking about that. What tree? What kind of tree would you be? Mm. Okay, so were you done? Yes, I'm done. Do I'm done f- because I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh, great. <laughs> so you can mark that all out of your brain again. Ah, I can now proceed to reblocking it and never thinking about it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have a couple books here on my list, but, you know, we talked about them being audiobooks mm-hmm. and, you know, the, um, sorry. The narrator experience. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them was a Stuart Woods book. Have mm-hmm. y'all read any of his stuff? Not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Bestseller list. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is Robert B. Parker. Okay. Okay. And so... That one, I just couldn't even listen to. Hmm. That The narrator was so bad, I just couldn't listen to hmm. it. Um, 
This other one, I've tried to listen to it, and then it goes back, and then I have to download it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't get it finished. So, anyway, and then the other one that I tried to listen to was a children's book. And it's um, Joey... Joey Pigza? Pigza. Mm-hmm. Loses Control. I think that was the first book in okay. the series. Mm-hmm. And it's got a good concept and a, a good meaning behind it talking about um, kids with like ADHD mm-hmm. and how they just don't belong. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. they, they feel like they're, you know, there's something wrong with them, but they they don't know what and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. But it just wasn't very interesting. It was just... Hmm. Well, I think a lot of times that's what's wrong with books that are about problems like mm-hmm. that, uh-huh. that that author is so caught up in talking about the problem that they forget about the story. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's one of the marks of a, of a good book is it can, it can be about anything mm-hmm. as long as it tells a good story, the characters are engaging. Yes. But, but if it's all about that concept, if it's all about that problem and they forget about the story, forget about engaging characters, then... Yeah. Right. Which kind of ties into Wonder, because that mm-hmm. was a very good mm-hmm. story, and it did have a, a, an issue in it with right. the child. Um, it was a good book. Absolutely. So He's clearly a, a, a character who grows over the course of the, the book. We hear from other narrators, not just Augie, but, mm-hmm. right, we, we mm-hmm. learn a lot, and he does too, and... It's not just about being kind to people with disfiguring whatever, mm-hmm. that it's, it's about a lot of things, including a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a book that I mentioned, I think, in one of our first few episodes when we talked about books we're reading and what the book clubs are doing and all mm-hmm. that. And one of the books I was reading then was The Ministry of Utmost Happiness mm-hmm. by E. Roy. And I got about halfway through and just couldn't go any further. It, I just got stuck. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I got busy in my life and just because it's a very intense book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about very serious issues. The main character is... We, we start out seeing him as a boy, as the only boy in his, his family in India. But as he grows older, he realizes that he's more comfortable living as a woman. He's not going to go try to get, at least not in the first half of the story, he's not going to get gender reassignment surgery or anything like that. He just dresses and lives as a woman. But it's all very depressing and I can't, I, in the whole first half of the book, one thing after another happened to him, mm-hmm. her, him and then her, um, that I, I couldn't find the grain of hope at all. She had found a, a group of people to live with, but then horrible things happened to the entire group, and... So I just couldn't go any further. And that, for me, that's, I'm, I'm not like you, Denise, right. at the end of a book, if, oh, that was depressing, but it was a great book. Those two don't go together for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be at least some kind of hope, which is, I think, why I like 
reading children's books because that's always there <clears throat> in children's books. They don't just leave you depressed, maybe in teen books, but kids' books for the most part, at least there's some, you know, things may not be all tied up neatly, but there's the possibility for that in the future. And I, I got through half of this book and just didn't see it coming. I couldn't figure out where on earth that hope could come from. So mm-hmm. I stopped. And that's really unusual for me, too, because if I've committed enough to read half a book, right. I usually will go ahead and finish it. But it was just too depressing for me. So, you know, it may be one of those that I go back to sometime. Mm-hmm when I have less on my plate in other parts yeah. of my life and just can deal with that. But I haven't read it yet. Couldn't, couldn't happen. I love Erin Dottie Roy. Uh-huh. I love her. And I think because I love her so much, like I loved The God of Small Things mm-hmm. so much that I'm just like putting it off until I can get to a point where I can sit oh, down yeah. and read it and not be distracted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took her 20 years to write another book right. of fiction right. so it i'm trying to 20 years well, to read it. <laughs> i'm trying not to like have such high hopes for it because if i'm disappointed Ooh. like what what's that gonna do to me 50 years <laughs> by bradbury wow yeah i feel like that touches upon a reason why i dislike a lot of things um <laughs> Is because they don't live up to expectations, mm-hmm. 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 and that and it's it's one thing to go into it without many expectations mm-hmm. and just read it and be like, okay, you know, it's it's pretty good. But then to go into something like that, and then, yeah, and, and then expect it to meet all your expectations and then mm-hmm. be so disappointed—that's mm-hmm. a recipe for hate, right there. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Hated trying books. to not like. Yeah. Mm, I'm gonna give it some time before I pick it up. Just let it mellow for a little bit. Yeah. Then, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> then just mm. pick it up. Or set your expectations. <laughs> right. Re- yeah. Reset. Eh. Just be That's like. so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another new book that came out this year that I was really looking forward to. Um, 4321 by Paul Astor, which is alternative history set in the 50s and 60s. And it's takes the story of one person through, I think, high school, college, into his adult years, but it takes four different paths that he might have taken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of, each chapter has version 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1. 1.4, and then you go to chapter two, and it's 2.1, 2.2, so on, all the way through the story. And I couldn't get past the first few pages, so I don't even know what happens mm-hmm. in the alternative versions of his life because the first version was just not interesting to me. Huh. I, I think I was coming at it expecting more of a sci-fi something, mm-hmm. like Blake Crouch's Dark Matter. Yeah. And that's not what this is at all. It's historical fiction, but alternative fiction, hmm. which I've enjoyed before, but it just the whole way mm-hmm. it started it seemed really dull there was nothing interesting about this character to get me engaged mm-hmm. to begin with i never even got past the first iteration of the first chapter, the first chapter. <laughs> you just thought that they'd have started with a more interesting choice 
mm-hmm. of life mm-hmm. to get you interested and hooked at least something but did the boring one later well, maybe they're all boring. I don't know. They just That's go different true. places and be boring. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just couldn't make myself do it. But it was one of those I was really looking forward to mm-hmm. and just couldn't get past the first few pages. So It sounded like a neat concept. Yeah. I remember looking at that one, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that makes it sound not as interesting, unfortunately. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe this is an audiobook one. Oh, see, to, yeah. To try I'm thinking... That. If I were to try to read it, I would read 1.1, 1.1. No, not in order. I would, uh, not in the order that it's in the book. Right. Like, chapter 1.1, chapter chapter (laughs) 2.1, and then come back and read the next, and then come back and read the next. Interesting. Hmm. Because I think I would get to, like, wait, was that this one, or was he... Did that happen in the other alternate life? Yeah. You can't read your book that way, Denise. <laughs> you have to go from the beginning to the end. You can't skip around. It's like a buffet line. You have to stay in order. In an audiobook, you do. But in the, oh, yes. in but in the buffet line, I can pick this or this or this. What if it's a choose-your-own-adventure? Then you have to skip around. Yeah, skip oh. around. That's right. Oh, yes. Hmm. So that's what I'm thinking. Like an audiobook, mm-hmm. I would not be able to do that in an yeah. audiobook because somewhere along the way, you I'm gonna be like, wait, wait, what? who was he? What? Mm-hmm. I thought he did this. Yeah. And then be like, wait, no, that was two point four. It's kind of like it's kind of like reading those those well, like Game of Thrones, those those epic sort of things, whether fantasy or, or realism or whatever where you've got this huge cast of characters and you need to know who's related mm-hmm. to whom. And so you have to flip back to the beginning, to the, to the, the family tree, family tree <laughs> yes. or, the, or the map or whatever, and, and you don't get that on an audio book. Mm-hmm. And so how do you keep up? Well, you don't. You don't. Yeah. I don't know. I gave up on an audio book written by Karen Russell, mm-hmm. and it was a collection of short stories. And, like, the first disc, I think, had two or three stories on there and i was like oh this is great like Mm -hmm. story's great and then i get to one of her stories somewhere in the book and i'm like oh i don't care (laughs) like this this story is not going anywhere for me Mm -hmm. and so i just stopped because i was like i'm gonna have to yeah because i'm gonna have to figure out where the next story starts Mm -hmm. and in the book i can just be like so they stories are going anywhere They yeah. didn't take the opportunity to do one story per track? No. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That would have been great yeah. if they would have done it. I'd just been like, oh, I don't want to listen to the story yeah. anymore. Oh, wow. And so I just gave up on the whole thing. And so, then decided that I wasn't going to do short stories on yeah. audio anymore. <laughs> so we were talking about short story collections earlier, and I don't usually read short stories just because even whether or not it's whether it's the same author's short stories or whether it's a collection of different authors, I find that they're so up and down in quality and what grabs me that mm-hmm. I get frustrated with them. But I'm, I'm still reading that Star Wars from a certain point of view collection of different authors writing short stories. And I've figured out that, okay, I can just flip to the next one. I don't <laughs> yeah. have to finish reading this one if it doesn't interest me. So I'm, it's okay. It is okay. And by the way, Will Wheaton made me cry. 
It was a real tearjerker, and there is no way on earth it was accidental. (laughs) It was on purpose. Will Wheaton's story, and from a certain point of view, will make you cry or say, oh, well, that was so obvious. (laughs) One or the other, or maybe both, because that's kind of what happened to me when I read that. Okay. So do you like books that make you cry? It depends on what makes me cry about mm-hmm. them. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, this is such a bad book. You don't <laughs> yeah. want to be bored to tears. Uh, yeah, like, oh. <laughs> well, it kind of depends on what mood I'm in, too. If I'm in, the, in, in a mood to be sentimental about something or, oh, you can't do that to this character, mm-hmm. then okay. But if I'm really, you know in a Mary Poppins sort of mood, you know, where I yeah. want something happy and uplifting, mm-hmm. then don't make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just going to make me unhappy. Mm-hmm. So the more I think about The Devil's Call, the more I hate it. I know. Every time I think Ooh, about like, that book, I'm just like... Like when I finished reading it, I was like, well, that wasn't very good. Yeah. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, I hated it. Yeah. Like, I hate so it. fill us in on why you read this book. We what read it for, for our online, online book club. Book club. Mm-hmm. It was a book I picked. Yeah, Chris. Like, <laughs> and this is the, a great example of those expectations. I was uh-huh. like, because it's a Western. And I like I, I like Western movies. Okay. I haven't really read a lot of Western books, but this one had a supernatural twist because mm-hmm. there's you know a family of witches. So I was like, oh, Wild West with witches. This is going to be like, you know, Sergio Leone meets the brothers Grimm or something yeah, like yeah, that. Something <laughs> you know something really awesome and and it was just a pattern of disappointment mm-hmm. emerges <laughs> very early on yes <laughs> so the main character is supposed to be like a strong female character okay uh she is saved by a dude every time every time and she most she gets herself into her own yeah, problems, the and then time some she dude gets just herself in and into saves trouble, her. and then yeah, here comes a guy on a horse or you whatever, horse. and just you know scoops her right up, and, and it makes everything all better. Yep. everything's all better. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, great. <laughs> wow. It was like completely the opposite of what I was expecting from the story. Mm. So I'm just not really sure what the author was trying yeah. to. Yeah to achieve there and either she was like a super powerful witch that no one ever talked about (laughs) you know like let's not mention how Mm -hmm. powerful she is or everybody had the same level of skill and they were just better at hiding it because you know burning witches and all right but it's just like which one is it or she's a squib (laughs) yeah like which what is it like what are you Either everybody can do the things that she can do in the her line of her family line of witches, or she's really powerful and no one is acknowledging that. <laughs> I was like, "What? What is? What's going on here?" So, which month was that book? October. October. The scary one. Yeah, it wasn't witches. really scary. Yeah. It's and the pacing. The pacing yeah. was awful. Oh, it was awful. The first fifty pages was just like it just it just felt like entirely exposition. Mm-hmm. Like it was all exposition, and then you know fifty pages in, it starts to pick up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know this maybe this yeah, is yeah. gonna take off from here, mm-hmm. and it like it would go it would get kind of intense for just a little bit, and then 
it would just break and it would just be these long yes strings of like more exposition like oh. the last scene the in last the book, part of the book they're like oh, she's man. having this big fight with this guy you know and is about to die she, she finally gets yeah to to the person she's hunting finally gets there mm-hmm. and then and oh all this is told in a letter to her unborn daughter yeah 250 so like, page letter yeah <laughs> yeah wow so then she finally gets there to the like and there's the person that i'm supposed to be fighting but let me tell you about your great great grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> oh no. Yo. So you might have mentioned this earlier. <coughs> I mean, it was kind this, of important. This belongs here. Yeah. It, it was kind of important to where she was going, but I'm just like, no, no. It's like there it is. Here's the big fight. But first, let me tell you about your ancestors. Here's another another five to ten pages yeah. of exposition. <laughs> Right in the middle of this inten- scene that's supposed yeah. to be intense and climactic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm sorry I missed that one. <laughs> I can't recommend it to anybody. No. Ever. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel the need to go back and catch up. <laughs> no. Okay. So we both hated that book. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So and and when I, as I was telling my my wife Jessica about it, I was, she's like, you should write, you should write it, like write something like that. And I was like, you know what? I probably could. I could write something like that way better. Way better. <laughs> way better. Not like that. Not, not like that. No, at all. not not like that. But <laughs> like that. Yeah, a western with witches. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was uh, I was very irritated with the fact that she had to be saved every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just like. I thought the whole I, you're all headstrong and oh I can do whatever I want, yeah. Except when there's trouble and then you're like, where's where's my man? <laughs> but e- even at the end, it wasn't a man that saved her, but but she had. Oh, at this point, every man that had tried to help her was dead. Oh yeah, they all. <laughs> oh, yeah. So wow. she had run out of dudes to save her. So not only, <laughs> <laughs> and she still had someone else save her. So yeah. Oh man. So, another book that I didn't enjoy, but for a whole different reason. This was one of our book club books for our the book experience book club, mm-hmm. the face-to-face book club that we have here. We read earlier this year, The Education of Little Tree by Forrest oh, Carter. Yeah, I remember you talking about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Little Tree... It's it's a story about a young a, a a boy who grows up basically raised by his grandparents who are Native American live on the reservation, he goes to Indian school, all this is supposed to, supposedly was Forrest Carter's autobiography. Turns out he made it all up. Ooh. He was a horrible racist, mm-hmm. grand dragon of the kkk in mississippi mississippi alabama where was george wallace alabama alabama i think um at one point he was a speech writer for george wallace Mm -hmm. and i don't know that this is absolutely true but scuttlebutt has it that he's the person who wrote that segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever line mm-hmm. that George Wallace delivered. Um, and he got, he was, he was too racist 
for George Wallace. Oh, man. And got fired. So that's when he changed his name from Asa Carter, KKK person, to Forrest Carter, moved to Texas, yay, Texas, Mm -hmm. and um, wrote this book. And then went all over the country talking about his life growing up with his Indian grandparents. Um, Had Mm -hmm. a whole new life here in Texas. And then finally, just in this century is when this all came out. So it, it was written in 72 or something like that. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, and it was in the 2000s, I think, mm-hmm. when the story really kind of broke that this is who this man was. And this is his background, and it was all just made up. It was so, like all a cover-up or something? like just it, a- he, Not really a cover-up, just his opportunity to write fiction that he masqueraded as as autobiography. Right. It just seems like he's trying to cover his tracks or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it turns out someone saw him on TV and recognized him, but then people it took a long time for people to believe that person Mm -hmm. that this is who this really is and this is his background Mm -hmm. and all that so pre-internet time where you can be like oh do you remember all those things you posted online here they are yeah Yeah. oh yeah (laughs) couldn't couldn't do that today yeah so yeah so the education of little tree for me i didn't like it but it was because i knew who the author was Mm -hmm. and all about his story and so everything i read i was reading in that filter Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, weird. it would be hard to enjoy it knowing. Yeah, it was yeah. a very engaging story, really, if mm-hmm. you could take it at its surface value. But knowing what I did before I read the book, mm-hmm. yeah, nope, didn't like it because I knew it was all made up, but pretending to be real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They even made a movie of it. Mm-hmm. They did. <laughs> very manipulative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not the only author that's done something like that, <laughs> yeah. though. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Is that a stack of books that you hate right there? They're not books oh, I hate. Okay. Um, <laughs> books I do, I did enjoy reading. For, this, an, for another time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk about one of them, actually. It's a YA book, and it's called Dime, and it's by E.R. Frank. And it's on an award list. Okay. Um, it, it's kind of dark mm-hmm. because of the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would give it to a teen to read mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the topic. Mm-hmm. It's about topic? Um, human yeah. human trafficking. Okay, uh, that's yeah, that's uh, intense. Yeah, it's and it probably happens obviously more mm-hmm. than my sheltered life right. is privy to but um that's the only reason i didn't like it mm. okay it's because it it's a heavy topic yeah mm-hmm. you know and you know things like that happen and mm-hmm. and i wouldn't want to expose kids to that <laughs> i still mm-hmm. try to shelter them mm-hmm. i guess from it mm-hmm. so but no like i said most books i finish i enjoy <laughs> Because if I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to finish right. it. Mm-hmm. That's the th- that's the thing. 
So I've had an experience of really liking a book the first time I read it, and maybe the second time I read it, and then deciding, oh, this is really a stinky book. Mm-hmm. Have y'all ever had that happen? I usually don't reread things. I don't either. Oh, okay. Okay. I do if I really, really like them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know what happens. Yeah, I, I usually don't reread So you them. didn't watch the Titanic movie either? Because you, you know what happens? Well, no, it's different. <laughs> I mean, because you, you, you didn't know what happened to those two people. To those two people. <laughs> you know what happened? To <laughs> I got you. Right. I got you. Like she knew. And even the first time I watched Titanic, I still. Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was so surprised. <laughs> Come on, stay on that right, door. Right. Stay awake. <laughs> Oh my God. There's room for Jack on there. <laughs> there was room. Oh, oh man. Okay. Well. The, the book and book series that I'm talking about are Twilight, the Twilight books. Mm. And so I read Twilight, and I really liked it because I'm, I like fantasy, and I'm a sucker for a good romance story. Mm-hmm. And so there were both of them right there in that book. And I read it, and I thought, oh, my goodness, look at that. And so I read it again, and then I read the next one. And I think maybe the third one was out about that time, and I'd read that. But the fourth one wasn't out. But so then... I read, I reread them as the fourth one was coming out, just so that, you know, I would be ready for the fourth one. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking as I was reading it, hmm, he's kind of a jerk, and she's kind of a whiny butt, and, mm-hmm. and <laughs> he's kind of creepy. And, and why didn't she end up over with him instead of with him? So, yes, I'm a team Jacob all the way, <laughs> and uh, except that he's kind of weird, too. But, yeah. But... Then the fourth book came out, and she complete the author completely changed the rules about what can and can't happen, who does this, who does that, what's going on, expanded the universe to include these creatures and these people, and all this stuff that's just suddenly there, and it was just weird. So I decided I don't like them anymore. Well, and somewhere in there, that movie came out, yeah, yeah. which was horrible. Mm-hmm. And, okay, if, if that's the best you can do to make somebody, like, what is it, glow or whatever he does mm-hmm. in the sunlight, you know, he that sparkles. was just awful. He sparkles. That, the, those effects were just awful. Mm. And I thought the those main characters of Bella and Edward were so miscast. Although, well, I don't know. I wouldn't say Stewart was was good as Bella because Bella was like that. Yeah. Mm. I I don't know I would say miscast. It was just a... I'm not happy with Edward's casting. Jacob was okay. There were some of those other people that were okay. I loved Billy Burke in that movie. Holy cow. As the the dad and the sheriff, police chief, Mm -hmm. whatever he is. I love him. I'll watch him anytime because he was so good, so funny. And he's just, you know, that cleaning his gun. So, yeah, I'll meet him, you know, that, that old thing. So it's just Sounds funny. familiar. But anyway, so I'm over that. But I liked it the first couple of times and then started paying attention, I guess. Right. It's like, oh, he comes into your room and watches you sleep and you think that's okay? That's creepy. You're like, oh, so romantic. It's like, no, that's not romantic. No, it's really not. (laughs) That's And then you see it on the, you know, it's one thing to read something and another to see it on the screen. It's like, he's standing in the shadows in the corner watching you sleep. Creepy stuff. So, 
Okay. That's just weird. Yeah. It was just... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like there's a lot of red flags here and you're like no this is romantic it's like so, no no this yeah, is not romantic the second book this where is the where whole, you get a restraining order exactly <laughs> the second book where there's the whole where he's gone and he dumped her for her own good you know and the chapter headings are October and there's nothing there and you turn the page and it's November and there's nothing there and, and it's like she lives this whole fall with nothing in her life, nothing in her brain. And that's because pretty the much boy it. Is gone. Because he's gone. And wow, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. And then you get fan fiction about that. Yep. And then it, they make it into a movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, they exactly. publish it and then they make it yeah. into a movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so it sounds like um, series are not. Um, they don't really live up to their expectations. A lot of times they don't. Because it's, they they're trying too hard to keep it going and You know, mm-hmm. maybe so. Uh, I will say with Twilight that one of my issues, big issues, is that I do think she changed the rules of her world that she had set up in those first three books mm-hmm. in the fourth book. Mm-hmm. The, for lots of reasons. But but part of it is is like, okay, these two kinds of of creatures can't procreate and then they do and these people these creatures don't get along with these creatures but then they do and that you know and it's Mm -hmm. like okay i'm in the fourth book now and i'm gonna throw the rule book i created for my world out the window and just do what i want to and with fantasy, that's part of what you have to do. You set up your world right. mm-hmm. and you stick with those rules because that's your world you created. And if you can't live within those rules, then I can't suspend my disbelief to believe your world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, like Harry Potter. She yeah. did a good job keeping uh, that yeah, consistent. Yeah, I think the consistency there was pretty amazing. But, Yeah. So, anybody want to jump onto fan fiction, or have we taken care? I don't of think that? I've read enough fan fiction to have a. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Fifty Shades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Twilight fan fiction. Uh, Twilight fan fiction, which was not good to begin. Oh, yeah, and then there's the. I don't remember what she called it, but but the oh, let's go back and tell the whole story from Jacob's point of view. And, right. and so now E.L. James has done the very same thing. And, right. And it's on the bestseller list. What mm. are people thinking? Mm. It's the same stinking story. Mm-hmm. It's still mm. bad. It's still poorly written. Yep. It's just mm. a different point of view. And do we really need another book about a guy that's trying to control a woman? Uh, I think we got plenty of them. Yeah. Yeah. Now we need another one. Yeah. And we know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the boat still sinks. <laughs> yeah. Dawn, you said series that don't meet expectations. Mm-hmm. And another another one that I had on my list was the Suki Stackhouse Southern Vampire series that was made into the True Blood mm-hmm. TV series. And True Blood was another one of those TV series that just went off on its own crazy way. And and it started with kind of following the books for the first two or three seasons, but after that just went crazy and went off. It, it took some of the characters, but just mm-hmm. went bizarre places with them. 
But even in the books, Charlene Harris kept introducing new species of characters and new this and new that. It's like you don't trust that the characters you've built are interesting enough to mm. keep us wanting to know what happens, you know, mm-hmm. to, to the end to tie up the story. So you keep introducing new things, weird tigers and fairies and the, the, the creature that starts with an M that I can't remember, but on the TV show, they just went nuts with her. And it, it's just bizarre. And, like, I enjoyed the first few because, like I said, paranormal stuff mm-hmm. and, and romance, it's all in there, and I like mm-hmm. those. But, wow, she took some weird turns at Albuquerque. It was just... In Albuquerque? Albuquerque? Yeah. Take a left twin at Albuquerque. I thought they took place in Texas. No, they're in Louisiana. Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. She has another series that takes place yes, in Texas. Yes, she does. Okay. Midnight? Yes, she does. Midnight, Midnight Texas. Texas. Uh-huh. Is that Albuquerque in Louisiana? No. That was a Bugs Bunny <laughs> reference. Sorry. Okay. I, f- I figured I knew that. I should have taken a left twin at Albuquerque. Okay. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I forget. That's okay. <laughs> generational <laughs> things that half this group won't understand. And That's funny. Thank you, Don, for being ahead of your time. <laughs> <laughs> or behind your time. Hmm. Knowing things that I wasn't sure if you would or not. So, oh, well. Okay. Anyway, that's just another one of those series that started off with promise and just kind of mm-hmm. imploded. It imploded. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good a good way to. Well, yeah. see, and they do that, that not just with books, but they do it with the TV series, like we were right. talking about, you know. And they're trying to just make mm-hmm. money off of it right. instead of just finishing it when it's on its high. I guess. Mm-hmm. And having a nice, satisfying story. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like, let's just keep making up stuff because we keep making money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of, one of the exceptions to that, I think, is Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series. It was crazy complex because it had all these different plot lines. But he knew where it was going from the beginning. Like, he had it all plotted out. It was 13 books. He died before he finished, but he had left enough notes that they brought in Brandon Sanderson to, was it the last two books, I think? Oh, you had three. Maybe, maybe, you know what? It was supposed to be 12, wasn't it? But there was so much left to do that they ended up doing three more books, so it was 13. I think it was supposed to be 12, Wheel of Time. Okay. But... They ended up with 13 books, but it all made sense all the way along. It got very complex and very complicated, too, you know, lots of different settings and different things going on with different characters through the, the books, but it, it fulfilled its promise. Mm-hmm. It, it really did wrap up the way it should have. It didn't go completely crazy because while there were new characters they were related to one of the characters you'd known from the beginning. So in the very first story, he set out all the major characters who were going to be leading a plot line through Mm -hmm. the whole series. So you didn't have just suddenly this whole new offshoot going somewhere that that didn't make any sense anywhere. It was complicated, but it it made sense. Join us next time. For another episode of the Long Overdue Podcast.